Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 206, which we are recording on November, Wednesday, November 20th, 2019. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And it's been quite a while since we last sat together to record. It has been. We recorded the last episode a little early because of Gail's work travels. So we're sitting here today with A bit to catch up on. Yeah, it's very fun. We're both looking forward to it. We are. And the first thing I want to mention is that our retreat, the Northern California Knitting Retreat, the applications have gone out to attendees who have attended within the last two years. If you've attended within the last two years, you have the first right of refusal and you should have gotten your letter by now. And your application, which reserves your spot and a a fee, is due at the end of this month. So if you have not received yours, please check in with us. And the Two Knit Lit Chicks, their last episode, Tracy also said, if you want to be on the waiting list to send in your application now. Yes, yeah. exactly. So if you would like to be on the waiting list and have not requested an application, please let myself or Tracy from the Two Knit Lit Chicks podcast. No, you can also visit the Knockers retreat thread on Ravelry for up-to-date information. And it's N-O-C-K-R-S. Yes, Northern California Knitting Retreat. Right. (laughs) I always would think it's N-O-C-K-E-R-S, but it's actually an acronym, not the word. Yeah. Okay. Done for announcements? Yes. So what are you wearing? I'm so excited. (laughs) I am wearing my Evening Dew Cardigan, which is a sweater that I have very recently finished. Pattern is by designer Ririko, and I knit mine in the Neighborhood Fiber Company Silk and Merino Lace Yarn called Maisonette, and it is doubled with Western Sky Knits Mohair Silk Yarn. And that together has yielded a very cozy, lightweight sweater, which is perfect for a somewhat breezy fall day. Yes, but it's <laughs> November and it's all in the mid-60s out. It's yes. crazy. Yeah. Yeah, we're still waiting for rain here. And Gail, what are you wearing? I'm wearing a new finish. So I finished my super simple summer sweater pattern by Hohi Locatelli. And it is written for worsted weight yarn. And it's a cotton blend yarn that Hohi used for her actual sample sweater. And it's knit top down with the circular yoke. And in her pattern, she does stripes, equal width stripes of two different colors. And I went stash diving and I had a, not a whole sweater quantity, it was close to a sweater quantity of Elspeth Levold's silky wool in my stash that had been there for probably eight or nine years, a (laughs) long time. Waiting for this garment. Exactly. And when I looked at the pattern, I did the yarn ideas. So if you look on the pattern page for a pattern in Ravelry, one of the tabs at the top is yarn ideas. And then there's also the little button you can click that says show only yarns in my stash. So I did that and it showed someone else had knit the sweater in silky wool. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is my chance to use my five skeins that have been in my stash forever. So I went out and looked at other colorways of silky wool, found someone on Ravelry who was de-stashing two 
in a colorway. I think it was called sand. And so I have different width stripes than Hohe. So instead of even width, I have bigger pink and then narrower sand color. And it's really cool. I really am happy with how it turned out. It is very oversized. So if you look at the pattern on Ravelry, it's very, it's supposed to be oversized with lots of positive ease. And I was concerned while I was knitting it that it was basically going to be a sack. And <laughs> I was finishing the ribbing when I was sitting with Charlene on Sunday. And I told her, oh, I'm not going to like this sweater. I was really not enthusiastic about it at all. But I was so close to finishing. I thought, I'm just going to finish you gotta it. got to finish it. Try it yeah, on. Yeah, <laughs> see what I think. So very unenthusiastically, I finished it. And then I blocked it yesterday thinking, eh, I'm not going to like it. I put it on today and I really like it. <laughs> it's the perfect length. In the pattern, she did it cropped. So if I had knit it per pattern, I would have stopped at the top of my hips. But this time I had the yarn to do it. So I thought I'm just going to go longer. And it covers all the things I want it to cover. So I can wear it with leggings, which I'm doing right now. And I'm very happy with one, how it turned out, two, the fit, and three, the yarn. I really enjoyed knitting with the silky wool. And it turns out I have a whole extra skein. And if anyone is interested in trying silky wool, I acquired a third skein of the sand colorway because I was concerned that two skeins wouldn't be enough. And I had just a little bit left over, but I bought a third skein that is untouched. I hand wound it, but it hasn't been knit from. So if anyone wants to try silky wool, let me know and I will share my leftover skein. Yay. So that was the super simple summer sweater by Hohi Locatelli. I'm very happy with it. So we have two new sweaters two on. Two sweaters. Feels yes. good, <laughs> So what have you been stocking in the last three weeks since we last recorded? It's been three weeks, but surprisingly I couldn't find too many things that I have been stocking. I'm not sure why. Maybe I've been spending more time knitting. That's good. <laughs> Same with me. Yep. So... The first thing I was looking at was hat patterns because we do have a couple of friends that are collecting charity hats for different charities for the holiday season. And the first hat that I looked at is called the Hubby Hat by Anna Joanna. And it is a double layer, simple stockinette hat. And I really like the look of it, but it's basically two hats knit as one so that you have a double layer of fabric through the whole hat. So it's very, very warm. It might even be too warm for our location. And I'm not sure I want to knit two hats just to get one for a charity hat. Yeah. But if I lived somewhere cold enough, I think the simplicity of this hat would make it a go-to for me. Because I really like the way it looks. Since it is knit as two hats together, I believe you start with a provisional cast on, you knit the first hat, then you go back, put your stitches back on your needles from the provisional cast on and knit the second hat, which is very cool because basically it's just two hats tucked in. But the nice thing is that the edging then of the hat isn't even ribbing. It's just straight stockinette all the way to the edge of the hat. And because of the fabric of the second hat coming off the bottom, it lays flat. 
That's I so love funny. The look. That looks very much like the hat I just finished when I was at the Swift oh, Stitch with you this Sunday. That's right. You did looks a very hemmed finish. A right? folded hem, yeah. Folded hem, yeah. But it looks yeah. very similar. It does, now that you mention it. Yeah. So I I like the look of that. And of course, you can't really replicate that with a single layer because if you just knit a single layer of stockinette stitch, it will curl up, which is a look, which is a perfectly good intended look. It's just, I kind of like this look right now. So that is the Hubby Hat by Anna Joanna. And then the second thing I have been stocking is a new cardigan pattern from Aerie, who Gail and I have been stocking quite frequently in the last several months. And her new cardigan is called the Apois cardigan. And it is a, a loose-fitting cardigan, but it's not really an oversized cardigan. I wouldn't call it so much oversized, just kind of loose. It has open fronts, a shawl collar, and the shawl collar looks like it is knit on as you go, not in after. Let's see, how do I say this? It's not, it's not a pick-up and knit shawl collar. It looks like it is knit as you go. I'm not positive about that because I haven't looked at the pattern, but it looks like it is knit as you go, which I like. And then the all over, it has a very subtle all over pattern stitch on the body of the sweater. And it is long sleeves, raglan shaping, and it is made with the yarn that she used is a DK weight, 100% cashmere. Oh, baby. Yes. (laughs) So I'm not even sure what one would use to substitute. I would have to, I I would love to see the sweater in person. I really would. I would love to see the sweater in person, the, the sample. But I'm going to keep an eye out and see what other people use to knit it. Because I did click on the link for the yarn, found out it was $25 a skein. And this garment requires at least for the smallest size ten skeins. Oh so my you're gosh. yeah, so you're looking at ten plus skeins. Wow. So we talked about knitting on a budget last mm-hmm. week, and this this yarn is way out of my price range. So I would like to see what other people use. I personally would really love to see it in person just to see what it it knits up like, but this could be a tricky substitution because I will have to really study how cashmere knits up, what the qualities of cashmere mm-hmm. are that are desirable for the sweater and then look for something similar to use. Yeah, because I don't, I think once I knit with 100% cashmere, that was a gift, but in general... I've never knit with 100% cashmere. I don't know how it would behave. Right, exactly. Exactly. And I have knit with cashmere merino blends. There's Mm -hmm. that really lovely noble blend from Holstgarn that I liked. This is a DK weight, so I would have to double that. So that's that's a possibility. But I also know that that yarn has only a very small percentage of cashmere. So... I'm not sure if there are some qualities of cashmere that are 
desirable for this design Mm -hmm. or if it's just something that I could knit in another wool and it will just feel different. Yeah, it's an interesting question, too, because cashmere is a short staple length, right? So it would pill yeah. also. Right. So 100% <laughs> That's cashmere the other thing. Yeah, yeah. isn't usually desirable because right. of the pilling. Right. So I wonder how that sweater would wear. And the well. inter- Yeah, and the interesting thing is that it doesn't look like anyone else who has knit the sweaters so far, and there aren't that many because the pattern is brand new, but it doesn't look like anybody else has used the recommended yarn. <laughs> so we'll, I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on that because it is a cute cardigan, something that looks like I would wear. Yeah, this is a jump in topic, but in our Knitting on a Budget thread recently from our last episode, someone commented on patterns that use expensive yarns. And Robbie hmm. pointed out that a lot of designers have yarn support. Yes, of course so they do. So they yes. get the yarn free right. to knit something with it right. that promotes the yarn for the dyer. So this is one of those instances right. probably, probably where that yeah. happened. Yeah. Yeah. So that is the Apois Cardigan by Aerie. Third thing I am stocking is just a fun item called the Cat Stack. I saw that. It's so cute. By Claire Slade. And... This designer has several patterns that you that have cats and penguins on them. So I'm not sure. You and I may have stocked something by her in the past. I noticed that she has a sweater with a big cat head, which I know makes me laugh every time I see it. And I don't remember if I have actually stocked that or not. Is that the one we saw at the San Francisco? Yes. 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 That's very cute. Yes. But cat stack consists of very tiny little cat stuffies or cat pillows that are flat and can be stacked and when I say very tiny it's in inches the smallest cat according to the pattern is three and three quarter inches so it's very cute it would also make cute baby or toddler stocking stacking blocks Mm -hmm. I think I think that would be adorable because they're soft they stack you can make them in all kinds of colors just very sweet cute so something different yeah (laughs) so that is cat stack by claire slade what are you stocking gail so just like you i haven't really been stocking very much which a week of the time i was gone or that since we last podcasted i was gone so there wasn't much stocking then and i just it hasn't been striking my fancy so much so two categories that i was stocking were oriented around Christmas gifts. So I want to knit a hat for Olivia for Christmas. And there's been a lot of motion in my show notes. So I just wrote these show notes yesterday. Mm -hmm. And since writing them, I've cast on one of the hats that I was stocking. So there's a little fluidity to my show notes today. But I was stocking various hats because I wanted something that I could use my pink scraps for Mm -hmm. and they're all fingering weight so I wanted something in a DK weight a hat pattern in a DK weight so I could hold them doubled and then I wanted to do a fade and I had the yarns all picked out and I wanted something pretty simple because Alex purchased a hat when she was here for her baby shower that is just a very simple fold over brim ribbed hat that has two little pom-poms on the top And I tease her all the time about why are you putting this child in a store-bought hat? She said, because you haven't given me one. Well, I did give her one, but it was far too big. (laughs) The one that I knit for her baby shower was huge. So I'm knitting a hat for Olivia to wear. 
And in stocking the patterns, I wanted something that was fairly simple, but would also fit a baby Mm -hmm. that had to be in DK weight. So what I ended up doing was finding, these are both free patterns, one pattern called the Citrus Hat by Laura Treadway. And I felt like I was having deja vu, glitch in the matrix, because our friend Cindy was texting us pictures of her citrus hat over the weekend. thinking, no way. How could we both be looking up the same hat at the same time? But we were. And the citrus hat is just a, I think it's double rib, two by two rib Mm -hmm. for the whole hat, I think. But on the pattern, she had sizes from infant through XL or something like that. Excellent. Yeah. And she had cast on numbers and she had knit to this height and she had knit the brim to this height knit the hat to this height before you start your decreases, etc. So I used the numbers from the citrus hat pattern and the pattern from Skyping Beanie by Haldora J. And again, free pattern on Ravelry. So those were the two that I ended up combining for Olivia's hat. And then I was also stocking fingerless mitt patterns for a Christmas present for Alex. And I texted her and asked her, do you wear fingerless mitts? She does not wear hats. So I knew that was off the table. But she said, I love fingerless mitts. So I stocked all these patterns. I picked out the yarn. I was super excited. The pattern that I really liked the most is by my friend Isabel of Fluffy Fibers. And it's called My Cup of Tea. And it is a, it's an adaptation of a popular sock pattern, the name of which I just forgot. And I forgot to bring the pattern with me. But with the permission of the sock pattern designer, she adapted it for fingerless mitts. So for those of us who are knitters, fingerless mitts mean typically you have a thumb gusset and then you have a hole where your other four fingers go through. So I texted Alex this morning and I said, do you like this yarn? And she liked the yarn I plan to use, which is Magpie Fibers Swanky Sock in the Selkie colorway, which is this beautiful rich brown. And then I sent her a picture of the My Cup of Tea mitts. And I said, do you like this pattern? And she said, well, where are the finger holes? (laughs) And so she sent back a picture of her store-bought little fingerless mitts that have the little tiny holes for each individual finger. I've made ones like that too. See, I've never done it before, but apparently I'm going to do it now. (laughs) So I'm back to the drawing board on my stocking for mitt patterns. And now I'm going to stop glove patterns and find something so that I can do little half fingers. For the four fingers in addition to the thumb. So it'll be a little more work than I thought it was going to be. But I'm super excited because I've never done that before. Yeah. And it's not bad because the little fingers are so short. Yeah. And (laughs) you don't have to do any decreases from the top of the fingers. So I figured that that wouldn't be too difficult. So mitt patterns and hat patterns and all for Christmas gifts. So there you go. That's my stocking. We would like to thank this month's sponsor, Plum Deluxe Teas. Don't miss the holiday teas now available at Plum Deluxe Teas. Chestnut? Yes, please. Every tea is hand-blended, fresh, with the most thoughtfully chosen ingredients. Advent calendars are now available. And of course, tea subscriptions are the perfect gift for any budget. Join their tea club for special perks and free shipping on every purchase at just $10 a month. Visit plumdeluxe.com to learn more. And I was just stalking his site yesterday because it is that time of year. If you are gift giving for the holidays, mm-hmm. they make tea just makes a good overall gift 
You can't offend anybody with it. <laughs> <laughs> Almost everybody likes to drink it, yes. and it's just a very, yes. very good, thoughtful gift. And the, flavor, oh, the flavors of tea on the website right now, oh, they sounded so good. You know, I did go look, and they have almost all new flavors right now yeah. too they change with the season so you don't get tired i mean they have some regular ones that i think that they keep all the time and they always have green teas and black teas and, and herbal, herbal teas, teas. Yeah. so there's always that option to choose by category but then they often have new flavors yeah right now we've had a lot of things with apple and caramel and cinnamon and he even had it i don't think it was called mulling spice tea but it was basically mulling spices that you could add to anything or just i a couple christmases we've just had some simmering on the stove oh yeah the whole house smells good very autumnal and festive. Exactly. Now it's making me want <laughs> apple juice. All right. So what have you been knitting? Okay. In my hands right now, I've got my carry around project, which is the Jessica Jones cowl. It's my third maybe that I've made. And I put put it aside to do a couple of hats. And now I've picked it up again. This one is just wonderful to work with because I am using... Western Sky Knits Merino 17, which feels fabulous Mm -hmm. to knit. It's a 17 micron merino that I have fallen head over heels in love with. It's so pretty. It's very pretty. It's a pale blue color with gold flecks in there. It's like an icy silvery blue. Yes. Really pretty. Okay. And the second thing that I am knitting... I finally cast on a Ripple Bralette. Yay! Can you believe it? Yay! It is something that I have to say I never thought I would be knitting. And I kept coming across pictures of folks who made it and comments from people who said they had made it and it was comfy to wear as an undergarment. So I decided to give it a try. I've fallen down the Ripple Bralette rabbit hole. (laughs) And I have to say, it is quite an interesting and fast knit as written. I don't think as written, it's also very tiny because it just goes right below your bust. like Like a bra, like undergarment. A lot of folks have changed the pattern up to make it a little bit bigger. But as written, it's barely more knitting than a hat, I would say. Because the triangles don't take a lot of yarn and they're very quick. So I have cast that on and I am knitting it, knitting, knitting very quickly. The first part is just a band and... Though I followed on, though I followed the instructions for casting on very loosely and I used the recommended stretchy cast on, it looks so tiny. And everybody warns you that, yes, it looks tiny until you put it on and it will, it will stretch. But I'm not sure I'm going to like the band quite as tiny as it is. We'll see. If I don't like it, I'll be giving it away to someone who has a very tiny child and <laughs> I will cast on another one and figure out how to make that band a little bit larger. I don't, I know I 
don't necessarily want more stitches in the band that goes around my torso, but what I'm talking about is just that cast on, just making that cast on looser. So, so that first round. Yeah, so out. I may end up doing what I often do when I want something a certain way is cast on provisionally and then go back afterwards and bind off at the mm-hmm. very end so that I can make it exactly how I want it. We shall idea. see. Yeah. It just, yeah. I Every time I look at it, I laugh because I think I'm going to have to give this to a very small person. <laughs> <laughs> and then the third thing I was knitting or attempting to knit, I should say, is the Goldfish Memory, which is a lovely, lovely shawl slash stole by Casapinka. I picked out three colors that I love the way they look together. But when I did my swatch, I found out that two of the colors didn't work in the striping the way I wanted them to. This is why you swatch for color work. I think that the colors actually would work for perhaps a different design. Because if the design I were knitting were, for example, more of a color block design or even something that just had straight stripes, I would be fine with the lower contrast look because I picked one multicolor, one medium gray, and one light with speckles. And the multicolor and the gray just have too much in common. So you cannot see in the striping, there is a row with slip stitch detail. So there should be a little blip of color that shows up in the gray, in the medium tone. There should be that little bit of the the bright or the dark that shows up when you slip and it doesn't show up. And I don't wanna go through the effort of doing that slip pattern if it's not going to show up as written. Even though I really like the three colors together and everybody agreed, they thought that it looks fabulous, but it's just not the right design for this combo. So that went to the frog pond and I will either rethink my combo or save that combo for another design. Both. (laughs) Because <laughs> you know you want to knit goldfish memory. I do. You just need I do. a different combo. I just have to figure out if I want to use two, oh, two of those uh, yarns with it. something else and which two with what something else mm-hmm. or save those three for a different design. Okay, so what is it about three-color Casapinka designs that gets us? Yeah, Because I had the same issue with All Point yeah. South. And mm-hmm. now you're having it with goldfish yeah. memories. You just have to be able to pick three colors that, in my case, they were the same saturation. Is that what it was? Or the same, there was something they were too They close. were the same um, light lightness or darkness. Okay. So so there was, didn't provide yeah. high enough contrast. Yeah. yeah. So interesting that they were both Casapinka. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with her patterns. I'm just saying that. No, perhaps it's just the way she plays with colors Mm -hmm. that you have to have that contrast. You can't do perhaps a low contrast combo. Yeah, they have to be pretty high contrast. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that is what I have been knitting. What are you knitting, Gail? 
like I said, the fluidity in my show notes. So the stalking of the hats resulted in a cast on last night. So I cast on per the number of stitches and size of the citrus hat for the Skyping beanie. And I'm loving how it's turning out. The fade is very subtle, which is always the way I like it. And I'm on my fourth color of five. And I have, did I bring it? So I told you that I've only knit 100% cashmere once. Yeah. Because it was a gift. Well, the I knit oh. a cowl. And the I-cord section with pom-poms on the end that weaved through the top of the cowl to cinch it closed some critter got to the I-cord. So I have these really adorable 100% cashmere hot pink pom-poms that needed to be used for a hat for Olivia. Did you just happen to have this in your bag when I'm talking about 100% cashmere? Yes. And you just happen to have 100% cashmere pom The only yarn 100% cashmere I've ever knit just happened to be in my bag because I wanted it on the hat for Olivia. That is odd. That's really weird. We do this, don't we? It's really bizarre. But this pom pom feels really good. <laughs> and, and I'm gonna show I'm gonna show Charlene the colors. So this will be my fourth color and see it's got the blips. Uh-huh. There are speckles Very in nice. the fourth color that are exactly the same color as the pom pom. <laughs> and even in this color, yeah. there are some blips. So anyway, the fade that I chose is coordinated for the hot pink hundred percent cashmere pom pom. So I'm very pleased with how that's going to work out. And the only other thing I'm knitting is the Blue Sand Cardigan by Lily. And it's going really, really well. It is a lot of knitting because it's a oversized, very long cardigan. I finished the body and you pick up from the bottom right all the way up the side around the pick up the provisional cast on at the back of the neck and then all the way down the left front. So you end up with 300 and something stitches on the needle. And so I'm in the process of knitting the neckband, which has some really cool short row shaping in it. So it's shawl collar-esque, but it's ribbing. And you do the short rows so that sections of the ribbing are wider in different places. So like around your neck, it's not quite as wide as the actual fronts. Mm. It's really cool. She did a lot of really cool things in the pattern that I haven't actually done before i've done short rows but mm-hmm. haven't done short row shaping like this in the neckband cool so i've really enjoyed the pattern it's incredibly well written and the only thing i ended up doing is omitting the pockets so other than that i've knitted per pattern it has some really cool pockets at the towards the in the bottom area there's some cool texture and you put the pockets in that section and i didn't because the pattern is written for DK weight yarn, and instead I'm substituting lace weight. It's the same silk wool blend that Charlene used for her evening dew, which is Neighborhood Fiber Company's Masonette, mm-hmm. and a pink lace and a cream lace, and they're all held doubled with coordinating silk mohair, which results in something finer than a DK weight gauge. And it gives a really beautiful open fabric, which is exactly what I want. So this would be an incredibly lightweight, warm, delightful sweater. But that open fabric does not lend itself to pockets. So when I thought about it, and after I'd knit half of the body, I thought, 
putting pockets on this would be ridiculous because you can't actually use them. Your fingers would go right through them. So no pockets. But I anticipate I'll be done with the neckband in the next few days. And then all I have to do are sleeves. So it will be done fairly soon-ish. But long sleeves, color work stripes, and that'll take a while. Awesome. So, but I'm super excited about the sweater. I highly recommend the pattern. And again, that's the Blue Sand Cardi I3. And what have you finished? I am so excited to say that I have finished my Farallon. Yay! Yay! This is a sweater by Elizabeth Doherty. And I started mine back in June and then let it linger on the needles for far too long. I remember I started this because I needed something to knit for a couple of days before I started something else. I can't remember why. It was like a fill-in, something that I started to fill in a few days, but I'd never really intended to put it aside for quite that long. But you know how that happens. It does. <laughs> Sometimes it does. So I picked it back up and I had knit to the back braid. Farallon is a open front cardigan with a ribbing on the front and it has Elizabeth's signature braid along the back. And I had knit to the braid. And that was where I had stopped because I thought that was a good stopping place. I wouldn't start something new below the braid. So I stopped there. And then I had to kind of figure out the front collar, which was not too hard since I kind of remembered. But I knew that I didn't want to stop this one because I had the pattern down for the the collar. And I didn't want to have to figure that out again. Mm -hmm. If I put it down, forgot, and had to start it again in a couple of months. So I was really motivated to finish it this time. And the funny thing is, once I picked it up and started knitting on it, it really didn't take much longer to do. Because once you have knit Elizabeth designs back to the back braid, you've kind of finished a lot of the technical stuff. You've finished most of the short rows. You've finished the knitting in several directions part where you have different parts of the sweater on different needles. And where I was, where it was almost to the point where you just start knitting in the round on the body down and do the sleeves. So it didn't take too long. And I kept going, and I'm really happy with it. I knit mine in the yarn that was recommended, which is the Shibui Twig and the Shibui Reed. It is a more expensive yarn, and it's something... It gives it gives me pause to talk about a, a, an expensive yarn, because it does make the garment out of reach for some people if you want to use this yarn but the the blend which is linen silk and wool is something that's achievable in other yarns as well i or other type other 
Yeah, other yarns other yarn, as yeah. well. So definitely something to think about. The I've, I have I took pictures of this. I haven't. I don't think I've posted them on Ravelry yet, but I will. It's so, really pretty. It's very elegant. It's, it's super simple, but incredibly elegant. And the thing that I wanted to talk about with this yarn in particular, but actually I think it applies to most linen yarns, is just how different it feels after you've washed and soaked and blocked the garment. And in this case, to block it, I threw it in the dryer and tumbled it which I don't know if that is the recommended way to block it. But since I have used this yarn before, I knew it would work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I, without hesitation, tossed it in the dryer. I do it on a low heat, but it just changes the linen from the stiff, twiny yarn that you knit with. It changes it to a very soft garment fabric. And it's amazing. And I really love it. And it also evened out my stitches because in the stiff linen, when I knit it, a lot of times I find that I don't exactly love the way my stitches are looking because they do tend to look uneven. And that might be just me, the way I knit, or I might be hard on myself and being particular. I don't know. But I do know that after a tumble through the dryer, it looks so much better and so much more even. The stitches look smooth and the fabric feels soft. I really like it. Really like tumbling my linen. (laughs) So I know a lot of people come into yarn stores and touch linen and they say, ooh, that doesn't feel so good. And yeah, it doesn't feel so good when you knit with it, but... The transform there's a big transformation that happens. So something to think about. You may or may not like lit- knitting with linen. I totally understand. But it really, the fabric is very different from knitting with wool. And I think it's worth it to try it once to see if you like it. I wish that I could wash the hanks and throw them in the dryer and then knit with them. Somebody has, I've heard people talk about doing that. I feel like yeah, you can't really, can't get that. Well, you can't, I don't think you can tumble them through no. the dryer. <laughs> no, that would be yeah. a, a nightmare tangle. Yeah. But if you had, yeah. like, a way of, those, of softening it. Yeah. That or um, if you had a machine knitter, what are those things called? An electric knitter, machine knitter? A knitting machine. Knitting machine. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Then you could do like a big stock a blank. And a blank. Yeah. Wash it a couple times and then yeah. get from that. Yeah. That's Definitely would be a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a lot of work. Yes. But anyway, that pattern is Farallon by Elizabeth Doherty. And I didn't say much about it, but it is an open front cardigan. It has ribbing along the edges for the collar. I made mine long sleeved and the it's very slightly A-line and it has little notches on the sides. And because of the fabric that the sample is knit in, that linen, it has a lot of drape to it. It hangs very differently, for example, than a wool would hang. 
I think the gauge is much taller than a wool would be. So you have to keep that in mind if you're substituting because linen hangs and stretches and feels heavier, I think, than wool. But very different, something different for me. So now I have a, a very different garment, but I probably won't wear it until warmer weather season. We'll see. <laughs> so how about you, Gail? What have you finished? Well, as you mentioned earlier, we have friends collecting hats for various charities. So a few episodes ago, I talked about stocking hats, free patterns, particularly on Ravelry. And I've knit most of those hats now. My favorite of the ones that I've knit is the June hat by Megan Kelly. And this is from the Year of Hats from Kelborn Woolens. And I loved knitting it and I loved the results. So I used... Cascade 220 Superwash that was in my stash in a pink and a black. And you do the ribbed brim, I'm pretty sure it was ribbed, and then you do garter stitch stripes in between a slip stitch. So you have, in my case, the slip stitch was pink and it goes all the way up to the crown of the hat. There were like six of them that intersect at the top. And then in between those sections of slip stitches, you have this, the vertical stripes. No, horizontal stripes, vertical slip stitch. It just created a really, really cool hat. I really love it. I will definitely knit that again. Nice. Also knit the Dragon Pox Beanie by ALJ Knits. And it's super slouchy. I held two fingering yarns together from my leftover stash. Very cute. Very slouchy. I knit the Cloudburst hat by Corey Ellen Boberg. And I think I got that free when it first was released. And now it is a purchase pattern but it has a really cool texture around most of the hat, but there is one strip, kind of like barley has that strip of oh, garter. Right. It's similar to that. And then the rest of the hat is textured. It's really cool. And then the fourth hat in it was Nadia's hat by Nadia Curtin Lachen, free pattern. And that is knit, I think for worsted, but I held two strands of fingering single ply together. Again, leftover scraps. And it's really cool. So Charlene in stocking mentioned the daddy hat. Do you call it? Hubby hat. Hubby hat. Well, that looks almost identical to the Nadia hat. So basically in the Nadia hat, you cast on, you knit X number of centimeters, then you do a purl row, then you just do stockinette forever until it's time to do the decreases. The decreases are pretty steep. So you end up with not very many decrease rows, so it goes very quickly. So basically, you're knitting a stockinette tube with one round of purl and then some decreases at the top. So very simple knitting. I like it. Exactly. <laughs> very, very simple knitting. And then the catch is you fold it at that purl round and then you baste the cast on edge inside the hat and you have a really cool double thickness folded brim. So it's a very simple hat. It would be gorgeous in almost any yarn you can imagine. And it's just a stockinette tube for most of the knitting. So it's a really great carry around project. I really enjoyed it. And again, free pattern. So those were the hats that I finished. Very happy with all of those. And I finished my slow curve shawl, which is a pattern by Hohi Locatelli. That one I blended from a dark navy. That's kind of obvious. Navy is dark, right? <laughs> Through a speckled, not a speckled, a variegated with navy, burgundy, brown, a little bit of gold, I think. And then the third color 
had a lot more gold and cream and specks of burgundy. And then the last color was gold yellow. And it's really pretty. It is huge. That shawl is enormous. It is gigantic. Is it bigger than Huhui? <sighs> Probably not bigger than Huhui. I don't know. I'd have to hold them up. They're both enormous. They're both big. Yeah. yeah. But I did slow curves with fringe. So the whole reason I wanted to knit that shawl was because it would lend itself to a fringe mm -hmm. edge. So I didn't have, I didn't think I would have enough yarn to do a really abundant, you know, satisfying fringe. Mm -hmm. So I pulled out a bunch of my stash yarn. I pulled out my candy skein, worsted and honey, which was a perfect match for the yellow. I pulled out some other scraps. I pulled out anything that would work to add to the fringe. And I did fringe like every 10th stitch along the border. And it just looked anemic. It looked very, <laughs> very um, pathetic. Like, that's your fringe? Oh my gosh. So, and this is the day before I left for London, maybe. The it, And you wanted to wear it. I, I wanted to wear it. I didn't end up bringing it because it was too big. But I really wanted that to be done before I left. I took probably two hours playing with fringe. I just made more and more and more <laughs> fringe. I kept adding fringe. And I think I still would like the fringe to be closer together. I think the thickness of each fringe tassel makes me happy, but I would still want more fringe. But then once you have your fringe, it's, wait a second, that fringe is too long. And then you try it on and the fringe is still too long. So you lay it out and you start trimming again. And before you know it, you have these little tiny bits of yarn all over the bedroom. Oh, no. All over the Snip, 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 it snip, was, snip. It was quite an adventure. And I will definitely do fringe again. It was not as onerous as I expected it to be. I thought it was just going to be the most tedious thing ever. And yeah, it took time, but it wasn't horrible. It was kind of fun. I had a good audiobook on and just tasseled and fringed and clipped and did my thing. So it's really pretty. I'm really happy with it. And that's the Slow Curve Shawl by Hohe, which is not designed to have fringe. That was my own addition. And then I also finished my super simple summer sweater, which I talked about in the beginning of the episode. So lots of FOs this episode. So last episode, we talked about knitting on a budget. And we were pleasantly surprised to see how popular of a topic this was. And if you haven't read the comments in our Ravelry group, it's definitely worth a stop in there because there are some fabulous ideas, suggestions, support, and encouragement for staying on your budget. I, I loved a lot of the ideas. And Gail and I are just going to mention a couple. We can't mention them all, but we're going to mention a few of the ones that we thought were great ideas. Yeah, because they were about well, if you take out all of my comments, at least three pages of comments. <laughs> There's a lot of comments. Yeah, this this topic has started lots of discussion, and it's definitely something that we will revisit and attempt to incorporate into the podcast here on out as we move forward. Yeah, and thank you to all of you who commented who have never commented in the threads before. Yeah, we there have a lot of new yeah. folks. Yeah, it was really nice to see that. Yeah, and I just wanted to reiterate that it is very important for both Gail and I to talk about things that are accessible to as wide of an audience as possible. And for us right now, 
that is largely skill-based. And we are looking towards 2020 to talk about skills and bring in more of our School of Knit segments into the podcast. Looking forward to that. <laughs> yes. We're, we're going to launch that in the beginning of 2020, and we're really excited about it. So what I did is I looked through the thread on Ravelry, thinking and remembering that not everybody who listens is on Ravelry, probably, right? and definitely not all of you look at the thread. So I have quite a few things that I just pulled out of the thread that I wanted to mention. Okay. So mention a few. We may have some of the same ones written I'm down. I'm sure we do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So do you want to go first? Sure. One that I thought was great was beware of pattern sales and purchasing patterns that you may not make. Now, pattern sales are great, and we thank designers who have pattern sales. What I'm talking about is if you're tempted to purchase, to overpurchase patterns or purchase, well, by overpurchase, I mean purchase too many patterns that perhaps you won't knit. Just for the buy three, get one free, or yes. get a new yes. release 20% off, and you may and not you actually don't make it. Yeah. Yes. The thing to do. And Robbie did this. She did a little example in the thread. Pick out, maybe pick out this year, pick out last year. Count how many patterns you have purchased and then see how many you have actually made and how many that you still want to make. And then that will give you an idea if you're purchasing too many patterns. (laughs) And it also, it was a huge reality check for me. So Robbie pointed this out at least two or three years ago in the love your stash thread that there's a temptation to buy a pattern, especially when it's first released and there's a sale and it's new and shiny. So, Oh yes, I'm going to knit that for sure. And you buy it instantaneously and then it sits there and sits there and Mm -hmm. sits there and eventually may not get knit. And that ends up eating a lot of your knitting budget because that's money you spent that isn't being used. Right. Versus if you wait until you're actually ready to knit a pattern and then you've done your yarn research, maybe knit the swatch already before you actually purchase the pattern. Because I've purchased patterns where as soon as I purchased them and got the additional information in the pattern, knew I wasn't going to make it. Even, you know, I could, if I had known a little bit more before I purchased it, I would have saved $7, for example. So like Charlene said, sales are great, but maybe wait to buy the patterns until you're actually going to knit them and see how much money that saves you in a calendar year. And yes, if you're like me and like to look at a pattern before you knit it, like to see how the techniques are written, perhaps like to see how a garment especially is knit, it makes things difficult. But I do always check comments on Ravelry. When you look at projects, you can sort projects using the most helpful tag. And it's the tag with the little life preserver symbol. Or not tag, it's the icon. It's the drop down, drop down selection to sort oh, right. all the projects. It. And it's got a little life preserver icon. And He's saying hi to everybody. When you sort projects that way, then projects that people have tagged as being helpful will come up. And reading those comments will often help you make the decision as to whether the pattern 
is a good one for you to purchase. And in the thread, quite a few people actually ask questions about how do I choose a pattern wisely from the information provided in Ravelry? And we will actually cover that in an upcoming episode yeah. because it was a really good it's question. A, that was a really good topic. Yes, yeah. and we have a lot of yeah. thoughts on that. Yeah. So we will be covering that. One of my favorites in the thread was from Joy Lane One, who is Joy. She had a whole post about not keeping up with the Joneses. She had a lot of good suggestions. Really good ones. And it was up near the top of the thread, page one. One of hers was JOMO. So I don't know if you've heard of FOMO, which is fear Fear of missing missing out. out. JOMO is the joy of missing (laughs) out. I thought that was just fantastic. And she had a subsequent post lower down on the page. She mentioned a book that someone else had already reserved from their library about the joy of missing out and how you, okay, how do I say this without sounding mean? I personally have stopped listening to certain podcasts and stopped subscribing to certain newsletters that inspire me to buy things that I don't really want to need and two, end up like, well, why did I buy this exactly? <laughs> and it's that temptation to keep up with people and it's new and shiny and you're looking at it and you think, oh, that's just beautiful. I must buy that. So to resist that temptation, which I know that I am sub- subject to, I know that I do that. This book kind of is along those same lines. Like, okay, so here's part of Joy's actual post. I picked up a book at the library called Joe Monitz, 21 Projects to Celebrate the Joy of Missing Out by Christine Bogus. She's Bogus77 on Ravelry. And here are some inspirational words from the book. Joe Mo Knitting is about slow fashion, spending time crafting something really special from beautiful materials to keep forever or to give to someone who will cherish it. Joe Mo Knitting is about being a maker rather than a consumer. Jomo knitting is knowing you're not missing out if your body shape is different from what we're told is the norm. Jomo knitting is about embracing who you are and loving it, no matter what anyone else might think, which is along the lines of things we've been saying all year this year. (laughs) So thank you, Joy, for both of your posts and for all the Jomo inspiration, which just made me so happy. And I know I'm going to think about that a lot when I'm looking at something I might want to purchase coming up this next year. In the industry, I do feel that there has been this explosion of tools and gadgets and bags and stitch markers. And in part, it's because there are new and better ideas and tools. And it's wonderful because a lot of those improve our enjoyment and the quality of the work we do and the quality of the time that we spend like it improves our personal enjoyment of it yes for example if a needle is more comfortable for you to use it's Mm -hmm. it's always great to have a new tool but just remember you don't always have to have the newest latest and greatest and Be careful about pricey accessories and pricey bags. Bags are beautiful, and I do love a beautiful project bag. But for many, many years, I used (laughs) reusable drawstring plastic bags. I did too. (laughs) (laughs) And 
to be honest, when I wear a sweater, I don't remember what project bag I used with it. So who knows? <laughs> it, it's lovely to have them, but there are always, always alternatives to pricey, expensive tools. It's true. Another, back to the subject of patterns, I forgot to mention this one. Mm -hmm. Cinelore, who is Aurora, she said, if you just read one of the Elizabeth Zimmerman books or Barbara Walker books, you may never need to buy another pattern. That's true. So if you've That's never true. If, read... If you think that way. Not yes, everybody thinks that's that true. way. That's true. Some people really prefer to have their direction in hand from start to beginning. For example, I know my mom was not the kind of knitter who could take an Elizabeth Zimmerman pattern and a stitch dictionary and, and go with it. But some people can. Yeah, I am not one of those people. <laughs> I want to be told from the first stitch to the last stitch what to do. Yeah. But if you haven't read one of Elizabeth Zimmerman's books or checked out the Barbara Walker books, definitely check those out. And hopefully you can get them from your library. So it wouldn't cost anything to do that research. Yeah. Libraries. Just remember to check out your libraries for knitting books. Find a local knitting group if you can. And if you are so inclined to knit with other folks, because a lot of knitting groups get together and they share, they trade, they do stash with each other. If you have a yarn you don't like, you may be able to find somebody to trade it with. Yeah, Erin Aaron B. pointed that out too. Hi, Erin. She said not only swap with people in your local knitting mm -hmm. group, if you have one, but also she said to be picky. She said that she realized she doesn't like knitting with superwash yarns. So that just eliminated a huge swath of, of possibilities right. from her purchasing world. So she doesn't even look at certain things for, you know, this is not an option for me to purchase because it's not a yarn that I want to knit right. with. So she said, be picky, which was actually, I thought, pretty good advice. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Don't look at things that are going to tempt you when you know that you really don't prefer to knit with them. Yeah. And then I think it's also smart to just acknowledge that over your knitting lifetime, your financial circumstances may change. Your stash can be your retirement investment or think of it that way as if you're purchasing extra, it's your retirement. And if you are a little flush, maybe allow yourself a stash purchase for later, keeping in mind that tastes change, sweater styles change, fads change, like fads speckle change. yarns. Yeah, color choices like may change. Your own personal color choices may change. But with all that in mind, for me, I have experienced it. There are some years where I can buy extra. There are a lot of years where I can't. And I acknowledge that. That's a fact of life. <laughs> and one other post in particular I wanted to call out was from Boo Boo Bear, who is Bronwyn, who lives in Australia. She listed a lot of great resources for people who live in Australia. Yeah, which she was had fantastic. some specific, specific places and yarns. Yeah, stores, yarns, etc. Mm -hmm. So that is going to be really helpful for any of you who are listening from Australia. 
And if anyone else from other parts of the world wants to do the same thing to help out the people in your region, we will let people know on the episode so that they can yeah, take advantage of Yeah, somebody else too. mentioned, I think, someplace in the U.S. That was good. So check in the thread again. It, there are some good ideas. Yeah, and if you do try a yarn that is not a, quote, luxury, unquote, yarn that you think is great, let us know. Like, yeah. silky wool <laughs> is very affordable, and I really enjoy it. Yeah. So, And I enjoy wearing it also. Yeah. So thank you, everybody, who contributed to the Knitting on a Budget discussion. Yes, that We're was very great. happy about that. And one more thing before we sign off, the self-indulgent knit along is about to start. Oh my gosh, I cannot believe that. I know. So this is our second annual, the second knit along we do every year. And this is because this time of year, a lot of people are focused on knitting for other people in their life. And the idea was bring it back to yourself. So when the holiday season is over, which in our case, we don't look at it from dates regarding holidays. We look at it in terms of the winter solstice and the spring equinox. equinox yes. So it's going to start on Saturday, December 21st, which is the winter solstice, the longest day of the year. So do something nice for yourself and cast mm-hmm. something on that's just for you. Shortest day. Shortest day of the year. Thank you. (laughs) I'm already longing for longer days. It means it's the day with the least Least light. We're heading towards the the day with the least light. Thank you. Thank you. I knew what I wanted to say. It just didn't come out. And then it ends on Thursday, March 19th, 2020. So that's quite a few months to knit something just to bring yourself joy. So self-indulgent does not mean it needs to be something you knit for yourself. In our, you know, we don't like rules for our knit alongs. So so (laughs) it can be any craft. It can be, you know, crochet, knit, spin. We don't care. As long as it's bringing you joy. brings you joy. Exactly. Perhaps it is knitting something for yourself. Perhaps it is using a specific yarn that you have had in your stash for a long time. Perhaps it's knitting a gift that you have had planned for a special someone. Yep. Anything that brings you joy. And you don't need to make an outfit with it or anything. It's Mm -hmm. completely open. can be anything from a hat to a sweater. It's just something to bring yourself some joy. So we will have a planning thread that we will open so everybody can chat about what they might want to knit. Please do make it a new cast on instead of something that was a work in progress. And oh, the work in progress knit along that Robbie's been doing. Oh, yeah. It is going on fire. <laughs> Good for you guys. I haven't been commenting enough. I haven't been I can't keeping keep up, up right yeah. now. But wow, very impressive. So hopefully you'll finish all your whips before December 31st. And when you're done, we'll have an FO thread and just chatter away because it's fun. It is. Yeah. We would like a finished object picture when you're done. Yes. That's all. (laughs) That's it. No other requirements. And we've already, I've received at least one email, maybe two already, with people wanting to donate prizes for the self-indulgent and along. So thank you very much. And Charlene, there's hashtags. If you post on Instagram, Facebook, or Ravelry, please tag your pictures with CCAL2020. That is hashtag S I K A L 2020 or hashtag Yarniacs 
or hashtag Yarniacs podcast <laughs> or all three. <laughs> Since I'm hardly on Instagram anymore, I, I forget even to use hashtags when I'm there. Okay, well, thank you so much for listening. I hope that your holiday season is not too overwhelming at this point. And yeah. happy knitting. Happy knitting, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniax Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniax.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniax Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarnia and at Gaily Whaley.